Welcome to the Curiosity Podcast. Our guest today is the inspirational Kasha, who was just 16 years old when she set out to create a documentary called The Sunrise Storyteller, which since being released in 2017 has been screened at over 60 festivals and won 30 awards. She is also a photographer, entrepreneur, and social justice advocate, and she has been commissioned by the National Geographic Learning and she is a contributor to Thrive Global, The Huffington Post, and Good Magazine. Thank you for being here today. Hi, um, it's an honor to be here. I'm Kasha. I'm a documentary filmmaker. Um, and I like to say that, you know, documentary filmmaking is my tool to express my activism and care for the world. So um, I think that that's the best way to sum myself up. Yeah. Thank you so much again for being here. I'm really excited. So you were only 16 years old when you set out across the world for six months to make the Sunrise Storyteller and you completed it upon returning to high school. So what push slash inspired you to create a documentary at such a young age? And can you tell us a little bit about what it's about? Yeah. So the Sunrise Storyteller came, I guess, was born out of like, years of laying the groundwork for my own personal activism and growing up with kind of a single mom who really raised me with values that were that I held very closely to my heart about you know caring for others caring for the world around me and you know I had been kind of locally involved in issues that I was passionate about as a young person you know when I was starting the age of eight and I guess the the natural evolution took me to a UN conference where I was really, that was like the sparking moment for me. Um, it was a UN conference on gender equality that I had been a delegate to called the Commission on the Status of Women. And it was my first time at the age of 14 really being out of outside my own country and meeting people from places and communities all around the world that I had never personally traveled to. And I was hearing their stories of the issues that they were facing in their own communities, but also, you know, learning about the work that they were doing to make positive change, despite the adversity that they were facing. And I, you know, on a side note, like it wasn't even related to my activism at the time, I had a passion for photography. So, you know, I kind of had this aha moment where I was like, hmm, I wonder, like, I'm so inspired by these kinds of stories and these kinds of people. I wonder if other people could be inspired by that too. And if that could you know, help people, give them the push that they need to take action because the people that I met were doing incredible things with very little resources and very little support. And to me, it was just so inspiring to see that you don't need to wait for people to make change. You don't need to have all the money and resources in place to do something good to impact other people. So I was kind of thought about what I could do to kind of make my own impact in the world was storytelling and really giving a platform for people to share their own stories. And that's kind of where the Sunrise Storyteller came out as an idea. I didn't really know at the time how much work it would take or how I would get there to the finished product, but I had the idea and the passion. And so the Sunrise Storyteller is a feature length documentary that features seven stories on varying issues, but all woven together by their shared theme of kind of resilience and hope. So we have stories of, you know, girls' education. We have stories about peace. We have um, stories about human trafficking. So the, the spectrum is really broad, but 
they're all really personal human stories. So that's kind of the Sunrise Storyteller. That is so cool. And it's so cool that you started that when you were so young and you like found this passion really early on. And what's the biggest message you wanted to get across when making this documentary? The message that I really wanted to shine through was that we all have the personal power to make positive change in our world, despite kind of the adversity that is facing us. And sometimes it can be paralyzing and overwhelming to watch the news and see just how like the scale of the issues that we have at hand, you know, confronting issues like climate change or, you know, gender inequality or poverty. It can seem like there's so little we can do, especially as youth, but by seeing those human stories of resilience, they can empower us to do whatever we can in, and contribute in any way uh, possible to creating a better world. So it was really meant to empower people. I love that. And I, I'm sure this was a, a pretty difficult journey, especially because you were so young. So did you ever doubt yourself when going on this journey and taking a year off high school? Was there anyone telling you not to do this because it was perceived as risky? And if so, what made you listen to your desire to make the Sunrise Storyteller? We had plenty of people, <laughs> including myself, that, you know, thought it was kind of a crazy idea. And it always was a very big risk to, to kind of leave home almost without a plan um, in place for how we were going to make this film. But our family were saying, you know what, that's crazy. Why would you, you know, why would you take her out of school when like, you know, school is important and how are you going to find the money? And, you know, is this really going to be a valuable experience? Friends who, you know, or people who were kind of my, my peers in school who were kind of confused as to why I was doing what I was doing and, you know, if I was even going to be able to pull it off. So we had a lot of like, and then of course, people in the industry, like looking at me as a 15 year old being like, oh, cute. You're making a video. Like, good luck with that. You know, <laughs> come back to us and, you know, pitch us again when you're serious or when you're older, you know, you've got some more money under your belt. So there was a lot of no's <laughs> along the way, but I think what, what continually inspires me are the people that I that I met at that UN conference and and the people that I was able to meet in my in my travels and also the having the support of my mom who came on to take on this project with me as as kind of my business partner and so so those were the things that kept me going despite sometimes the nose and my own self doubt that is such an inspirational message because so often like when you're young if you hear no once and like if you just look at other people and they're doing different things you're like oh there's probably a reason why everyone does that. So like, I won't pursue my passion or do things I actually love. So it's so good that you stuck to what you actually wanted to do. And besides some of the initial doubt you had and some of like the no's you faced early on, what challenges did you face in your journey? And is there anything you wish you knew before setting out and doing this? So I would say we've, since we've already touched on self-doubt, I mean, I will reiterate that that's kind of one of the greatest challenges that I, that I still face to this day. Like, you know, it is, it is hard to continually hear no and, and not take it personally sometimes. And it is like, sometimes that can really beat you down. It is also really, I think it is uniquely dif difficult to have something that you care about so deeply and that is extremely personal and put it out into the world, you know, beyond just your own imagination and, you know, bring it to life. I think that that is, it's been a challenge for me this whole journey. And, you know, showing up and, and continuing to say, like, 
this is bigger than me. <laughs> and, you know, whether people are going to judge me or say no, or, you know, whether people are going to judge me, um, to not take that personally, it's, it's difficult. So that's one of the biggest challenges I face. But also, you know, as a nonprofit, a lot of us run into the challenge of funding. <laughs> and I didn't grow up with just the resources to take off and make a documentary. So the funding element was really up to me and figuring out how to navigate crowdfunding online was uh, something that I had to learn as a skill set and bring it into my toolkit to use um, on multiple occasions. And as for something I wish I had known before, this is probably for any you know aspiring documentary filmmakers, spending a good amount of time in a place in a community, getting to know the people is going to give you a much richer and deeper and more emotionally impactful story because there are so many people that I had the luck to encounter in my journey who I just didn't get the luxury of spending enough time with and their stories didn't end up making it into the final cut of the film, which, you know, it would have been great to represent everybody, but by nature of getting to spend more time in certain communities, those stories were more developed. And I realized that those could be the ones that would really impact people and hopefully inspire them to make change. So if you're a filmmaker, capture as much as you can while you have the luxury of being within people's uh, communities and being immersed in a space is something I would also give as advice. Yeah, um, I love I love your grit throughout this because the perseverance that it must have taken and hearing the word no, that is a lot, like not only for a 16 year old, but for anybody and just how you kept going. It, I, that's really inspirational. I know you mentioned that piece of advice at the end, but is there any other advice, like three points of advice you would give to somebody looking to create their own documentary, not only at your age, but again, at any age, because that's a super big accomplishment for anybody. I think that the best piece of advice I can give is probably get personal. Like if you have an emotional resonance with an issue yourself, that's going to translate so much more easily. Also, if you come from, you know, a certain background, walk of life, life experience, there's nobody better than you to tell your own story. And so I think it doesn't need to be this grand trip around the world, but sometimes the littlest stories can give you so much complexity. Like if you start with a really small scale issue, you have the capability of working it, working it up to the broader scale. Like, so don't be afraid to start small and get personal, I think would be my two pieces of advice. Those are great pieces of advice. And now I think we want to talk a bit more about your trip and how you did this with your mom. So can you please talk to us about how this trip was when you went with your mom and how did your mom agree to going on this trip with you? And were you both ever hesitant to go on this trip because of safety and other factors? Yeah, so, so I'm stubborn and persistent, I think would be two words that I might describe myself with. I think I put together a PowerPoint presentation with all the preparations that I had made about how we might fund this and, you know, what kind of equipment I would need and where we might travel to. And, you know, I, I kind of continually like just showed that I was interested and that I wasn't deterred by any challenges that might, you know, pop up in my path because I really had the passion to do this. I think my mom's main concern was that you know, it would be like a lot of other hobbies that I had kind of 
picked up and abandoned that didn't really maybe I, like I used to do guitar or I used to like play piano or dance or whatever and and those kind of faded out as kids do like we I think through the natural process of growing up we kind of learn what learn what we love and and so when I found this and I really realized that I loved this I was determined to show that I would see it through so once she finally agreed like that if I would you know figure out how we would raise the money of course she wanted to accompany me I probably wouldn't have taken this journey by myself as a 16 year old we you know, it was a really bond. It was a bonding experience for us. Like it's something that we look back, back on all the time, our six months abroad. And it was really, really fun. The two of us, it's always been the two of us. So we're very close and, you know, we had a lot of fun along the way. That's awesome. And I really love what you said about like being persistent. Cause a lot of times I feel like people have these ideas and they, they want to like bring them to life, but what they mm-hmm. lack is actually making an actionable plan. And then people actually believing them. And I feel like, especially at a young age, if you tell people you're going to do something, they're just not going to take you seriously. That's like the nature of it. So it's like very important. I think we said there is like making a plan. Like, I love how you made a little presentation for your mom with all these points because it showed that you actually cared and then the research. So like people that have like really big like dreams and goals, I see that's awesome. But as you said, like make a plan about it and like talk about it, but have like proof and show that you're determined to actually do this. So love that point a lot. Yeah, and and I'm curious to know, like, when you were filming, can you actually walk us through that day-to-day routine? Uh, Because I have no idea what that looks like for a documentary filmmaker. Like, where did you stay? Where did you go? Like, how often did you travel? How often did you do interviews? Mm -hmm. So, in the process of, like, the six months that we took abroad, we stayed, I think, in, you know, we stayed in South Africa for two months, We stayed in Mozambique for three weeks. Tanzania was a month. And then Thailand, we stayed for two months. So we did spend a lot of time in in the communities that we were in. We traveled mostly through hostels. So we were very low budget, very, you know, limited resources. I only took a camera and a mic, like a shotgun mic, which you, you know, put into the camera. So we were very you know, scrappy in terms of gear wasn't a big production. I also, you know, didn't have the experience or the knowledge of equipment to, you know, kind of bring along this big, big production with me. And so we would typically kind of have a couple filming days a week uh, based on meeting different NGOs and different people in each kind of city or, or town that we were in. And before traveling to another country, we would kind of do the research to get the lay of the land of what kind of projects and opportunities might be there. We would do the outreach and then we would be on the ground and, you know, just kind of replicate that model everywhere we went. So we did research as we went and we were kind of, we were open to the plan changing all the time. Uh, That sounds like a really cool experience. So then after you created your documentary, which was amazing in itself, you also created a photography book documenting that journey. So can you tell us about that process and the inspiration there? Yeah. So because my first love was photography, I was doing both video and still stills along the way. And so I had kind of a library of 5,000 plus photos from the trip that I really realized would be great to share with people. I mean, we've repurposed them into photography exhibits and and the book itself and social media campaigns. We've gotten a lot of use out of that library. 
but I was also journaling along the way and you know it being my first international trip kind of beyond North America it was a life-changing experience for me as a young person um, and you know budding global citizen I would say it was really eye-opening and so the the book is kind of like a hybrid of a photography book and you know, journal of reflections um, from me being 16 at the time and, and the lessons that I learned about various global issues, but also about myself and about traveling. And so that's the reflections of the Sunrise Storyteller. That's so cool. And a lot of people we interview actually talk about the importance of reflection. And I love how you mentioned that you were journaling and like really thinking about what you're going through and like writing it down. That way you can remember it. And that way kind of like I feel like when you write things down, it just like sticks more. So that's a really good tip as well to pick up from that. So while you were filming this, you were still in school, which is kind of mind blowing because I feel like a lot of people in school are just like stressed about that. So did you ever face any hardships or were worried about balancing your school and, and doing this documentary? And how did you go about managing this? To be honest, I have no idea how I went about managing it. I just know that like it would be kind of my weekend work on top of my schoolwork. So I pulled a lot of 16 hour days and I think I've learned a lot since then about work-life balance, if you can call it that, and prioritizing my personal like personal well-being on top of like trying to configure my work, my work situation and my work hours. But, you know, at the time of being 16 and going to school, the the film the documentary kind of took a backseat during the school year and you know during my summers that's when I really had time to focus on it as a passion project so you know one summer I put together the script and the next summer I edited the film and then another summer I was you know developing the photography exhibits and stuff like that so it it was just kind of trying my best. Oh, that is a really cool way to fill your time during the summer. Oh my gosh. And something else about you is that you're a strong advocate. And so something we wanted to ask you about was a lot of the times the politics on mainstream media divide people and makes a group of people the bad group due to a characteristic of theirs, like where they're from, their skin color, etc. So apart from your documentary, what are good sources to read and listen to as an alternative narrative of the media? I think that's a really great question. So we've seen this rise of social media, like activism, um, and there are a lot of really great accounts online where specifically by POC, people are taking the time to and labor to put together uh, comprehensive resources for people to educate them about, you know, environmental, social, economic issues. And I think that those are some really great places to start. I think there's, you know, accounts like the Intersectional Environmentalist, so those, or Earthrise Studios that really break down social and environmental issues. But also, I mean, accredited news sources although sometimes can be polarizing, it's much more, I think it's much better to get your news from, you know, um, sources that have been vetted. Sometimes we see a lot of false information being spread online. So it's good to have a balance of like traditional and social media. And also, I think that the best thing that you can do when consuming any kind of media is use critical thinking skills, thinking about, you know, who's writing the piece, where they're coming from, what other kind of factors might come into play, different, seeking out different sources, 
um, to get a balanced perspective. Um, so doing your own research while also trying to consume multiple kinds of media. For sure. That's a great answer. Also, another thing I find helps is like trying to track where the money comes from for each source. So like who's funding it? Because I feel like you can tell a lot from like if there's any bias, like if it's a certain like political group, et cetera. So keeping those things in mind, like really good tips you said. But moving on from your previous documentary, you're filming another cool film and it's called One and a Half Degrees of Peace. And that's very exciting. So congrats on that. And we would love to talk about how that's going and what are your hopes with it? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> this film is also very personal to me. Um, so I've kind of grown up in the peace movement um, here in Canada. That's kind of where my activist origins started. But, you know, as time has gone on and in the past five years, the climate crisis has obviously become not only an impending threat, but an ever-present threat. And, you know, people are already starting to see effect, the effects of the climate crisis. And so it's become a much more important issue to me. And I've been learning a lot about how peace and conflict and militarism uh, intersect with climate, climate justice. And, you know, how if we're going to create peace on earth, we really also need to work in tandem with climate justice. So I guess that's kind of the bigger, like that's the big message of the film is that we need to work all together to achieve both um, simultaneously. But, you know, the film is really focusing on young people on the front lines who are, who are working hard to do both, like create positive solutions, advocate for change, hold leaders accountable, and also kind of combat that eco-anxiety that we all feel through kind of meaningful action in those ways. So it is like, it's a big, it's a big scale of a film. It's going to be 90 minutes, but we're in the demo stages right now. So a three minute kind of trailer that we're going to start, that we're going to start pushing through social media to get people inspired and educated in the meantime, while we're sort of fundraising for the for the full production. I know you said you got your first demo today, which is so, so exciting. So I don't know if we could link that in the description of this podcast, but we'll also definitely link your first documentary as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so then with this documentary, what are your goals for the next five years? And what are you up to besides one and a half degrees of peace? So my goal for the next five years, I mean, the climate clock is ticking and, you know, so are, not to sound too existential, but so are various other kind of existential threats. We really need to inspire people to take action because like I said, with the last film, a lot of us, especially youth can feel very paralyzed by these issues. They seem too big for us to do anything about them. So we really have to, I think like, it's very similar to the Sunrise Storyteller in the way that I do my storytelling is, you know, by letting people tell their own stories of the ways that they're finding solutions for these, you know, seemingly insurmountable issues, we can hopefully learn from their experiences, partner with them in allyship, but also, you know, take on our own unique ways to make a difference on these issues. So it's really about empowering youth to, to get active and also um, holding leaders accountable and asking our elders to support us in our efforts to create change. So 
that's what I hope the film accomplishes, but also like what I personally hope to accomplish as like an, a young activist. But, you know, while I'm working on 1.5 degrees of peace, I'm still focused on the workshops that I do um, in high schools and universities to help youth reflect on their own skills and talents and what they can do to make a difference in their own communities. So we do screenings of the Sunrise Storyteller with those one hour to hour and a half workshops all the time. And, you know, social media has kind of taken a backseat for me at the moment, but I am hoping to start getting some more resources available on our 1.5 degrees of peace social media too. That's so cool. And for people that are very interested in activism and solving a specific problem, so let's say very interested in like eco-friendliness and sustainability, and they're really passionate about it, like what would you tell them to make actionable change and how they can go about that, especially if they're young? Because as you said, it's very daunting to look at a huge problem, like see all the fires going on everywhere in the world, the flooding, et cetera, and then just wonder like what you can do about it. So like, do you have any like tips and like any action items for people to actually like, can start making change in their communities? Yeah. I've said this before and I will say it again. It is, um, it's really about getting personal, um, reflecting on what skills that you have already. Like, I mean, the way that I started making, you know, making my own mark or making a difference in my own way was looking at that passion for photography that I already had. You know, for some people it might look different, you know, science and tech are really great ways to make change if you wanna be, if you wanna be, I guess, an artist, or if you want to be, um, you know, a writer or a journalist, or there's so many different ways that, that you can take, like that you can make change and using your skills, I think it gives you more drive to, to contribute um, in some way, because not everybody is an organizer. Like we don't need a million organizers in the climate movement. We need, you know, people showing up in the streets too. Uh, we need people asking their government for, for change. We need people who have social media skills. Like there are so many different ways that you can contribute. Um, so getting personal with it and reflecting is an important part of the, that process. I really love that answer because it showcases that like there's so many different ways to impact such a big problem. And like oftentimes you can feel scared because you're like, oh, I don't fit into like that mold, but like you have your own skill set you just have to like find it and then like use it to your advantage. So really love that answer. And our last question is actually like a hypothetical one. So if you could sit down with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? I thought about this and there are so many people that I'm incredibly inspired by, but somebody who really continually inspires me, although I'm not always like in the space of idolizing politicians, I do really admire um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I think that she is so well educated on so many important um, issues. And also she, I guess the way that she brings so much energy to a political space, like youth, youth driven energy and radical, kind of this energy of radical change that I think we really need to see. And I really hope that there's that same spirit carried forward with our generation in terms of getting into the political field because we, we can't maintain the status quo anymore um, and we need a lot of people who are going to shake things up in, in a positive way, uh, in a, I guess in a progressive way, although I don't want to you know stray too partisan, but we do need progressive change for a sustainable future. So that's what inspires me about, about her. That's honestly such a great note to end on. 
And actually, before we do end, we have our quick round of speed questions that we like to do. And so we're just going to ask you a few questions and just like respond in a, a second or that. So yeah, Christina, do you want to start that off? For sure. So are you more of a city person or country person? Mm, city, most times beer, country in the summer. Favorite city? Oh, New York. <laughs> Love it. Uh, where do you want to travel most right now? Um, I think Norway. Very cool. Favorite food? Watermelon. <laughs> watermelon. I love because... watermelon too. <laughs> yeah. It's all I want to eat in the summer. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Favorite type of tea or coffee? Um, I love an iced oat milk latte. Oh my gosh! Yes, that is that's where that. Um, sunrise or sunset? Ironically, sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Camping or hotel? Hotel most times, but I'm down for camping. Favorite day of the week? Hmm. Um, Friday. Okay. Favorite song? Um, oh, that's, that is a tough one. I have no answer. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I to that was actually the last one. Um, but, you know, we'll think on it. We'll think on it. Um, but, but, yeah, thank you so much for being here, Kasha. This is really awesome. And before you go, um, could you give us three action items for our listeners from today? Well, number one, I will say is watch documentaries. Um, or, you know, I think, yeah, watch documentaries. Um, if we're kind of reflecting on what we've talked about so far, um, like I said, get personal with whatever issue that you are hoping to, I guess, make change on. Um, and I think the third piece of advice that I would give um, is educate, just try to educate yourself um, through various sources um, and learn as much as you can about um, the issues that you want to make an impact on. Oh, and thank you so much for being here. Those are awesome action items. And I definitely learned a lot from this podcast and had a lot of fun filming it. So thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun.